you know, I'm really thankful for the words, uh, Brother Roger. Um, you know, Ephesians is a, uh, is a book that's filled with so many things. And Paul, he's not only a preacher, but he's a teacher also. So he's not only preaching, but he's trying to teach. And we know that verses, uh, I'm sorry, chapters one through three are, are doctrinal. And he's trying to teach us doctrine. And I know some people like, you know, well, you can teach too much doctrine. I don't think you can teach too much doctrine. But it's, uh, when you start looking at, and I'm going to go back to where brother, uh, Roger was in chapter two of Ephesians and the Apostle Paul, he starts, you know, he goes back and forth. What I mean by back and forth is, and he starts out and he says, and you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. So he's talking to you, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That word quicken means to be made alive or give life to. And we have to understand that the natural man cannot receive the things that be the Spirit of God. And when they look at this and they say, well, I'm alive. What do you mean he's, he's, he's gave me life? I'm alive. I'm walking around. I'm living. I'm breathing. I can hear things. I can see things. But we got to understand that he's not talking about physical life. Just like in Genesis when he talks about, you know, when you eat of the fruit, you're going to die. But we can see that they ate Eve ate first, gave it to Adam. They didn't physically die, did they? But they died spiritually. The moment they ate of that fruit, they died spiritually. So, as Brother Roger was saying, you know, in Jesus Christ, you know, we're made alive. We're made alive in Jesus Christ. And here it says, and you have to quicken God. We don't, we don't have to, he doesn't have to say, and God has quickened you. We know who they're talking about here. And the reason why we know who he's talking about here is because at the end of chapter 1, one thing I know I've brought out, and I'm sure the other brothers have brought out too, is we got to understand when Ephesians was written, when Paul wrote Ephesians to the church's Ephesus, he didn't have chapter 1, chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. He didn't have verse 1, 2, 3, 4. It was a letter. It was a complete letter going on. There were no, there was no end to that letter until he got to the very end. So at the end of chapter 1, he's talking about God. If we look at verse 17, chapter 1, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And when we go farther down, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? It's continuing to talk about God. So when we get into chapter 2, he's talking about God. And you have to quicken. God is the one who quickens us. Quickens us. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we see so many words. You just, I know we look at words like predestination and different words like this. These big words that mean a whole lot. But you know, sometimes I look at it. And the, the smaller words are what really mean so much to us, Gary. We look at it and he say, who were dead, 
We were dead in our trespasses and sins. But as a child of God, he's given us life. This is why we should be just raising holy hands and just praising God all the time, you know. I know people, when they raise hands and they say hallelujah or whatever, you know, they think maybe Pentecostals. But, you know, sometimes we as primitive Baptists get excited about the scripture. And so and he talks about this. And when we look in, in verse tw- 2 where Brother Roger went, wherein in time past. See, this is what I like. He goes, wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Now, he's the prince of the power of the air. He's talking about Satan. But that's not to mean that Satan is in control of the things of the air. God is still in control. God's in control. He's in everything. The weather and everything, you know, my wife's pretty good at that. Well, when you get up in the morning, the sun's shining. You know, the sun's shining. You know, we, we worry too much about, about what the weathermen say. What's the weather going to be like? They can try to predict it, but God's in control. That's what we got to understand. God's in control. You know, we walked according to the course of this world. Um, I'm not going to get into this as deep as what I did um, when I, I preached upon this. But, you know, he's... We walked according to the course of this world. It's a bitter pill to swallow to say that we walked according to the course of this world. You know, we have to, we have to take, uh, we have to make choices in our lives. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. It's talking about you can't serve God, you can't serve the world. You can't do that. You can't serve both of them. You gotta make a choice. Just like Joshua said, you gotta make a choice. You can serve the gods that are in the land that you go in to dwell, or you can serve the Lord God Almighty. And I know I'm not quoting it exactly, but he gets to the point where he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So we have to make a choice, you know. We have to say that we are going to serve the Lord. And we walked according to that course. We we cannot say that we didn't do that. We did, because the Bible says that you did. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now in verse 3, we see that Paul changes gears in, in verse 3. Look at what he says. Among whom also, now he doesn't say, you had your conversation. What does he say there, Brother Leary? He says, we. Among whom also, we all, every single one of us, had our conversation in times past and the lusts of our flesh. We all know about it. Brother Roger said on the road to Damascus, that light shined round about him. So he had his conversation times past in the lust of his flesh. When all those people were stoning Stephen, Paul was consenting unto his death. And all these people laid their coats and their garments at the feet of Saul. And it was like Saul basically was agreeing and consenting to it and saying, go ahead, stone him. And they stoned Stephen that he died. 
And what a spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus Christ he had in him, that Stephen said, you know what? Don't lay this to their charge. Don't lay it there. What a spirit to do. You're getting ready to die. And you say, you know, don't lay it to their charge. It's amazing. But so we see, we all, all. This is God-inspired, isn't it? This word from Genesis to Revelation is God-inspired. So it said, we all. As I said, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, right? All of sin. You know, when we, when we sat there and we read, um, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, when we looked at it, in verse 13 and 14, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. What does it say there? It says, you know what? Wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and there what? Many, many there be which go in thereat. Look at verse 14. It says, you know what? It's because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So we can see there's many and there's few. But when we need to give thanks to God is that we can be some of those few. Let's go down to verse 4. What does it say? But God, who is rich in mercy, he, He's the Father of all mercies. God, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even we, even when we were dead in sins. Now you talk about a love. This is, this is, God has loved us so much. We only love Him because He first loved us. And He loved us before the foundation of the world. It's a great love with which He loved us even when we were dead in sins. Now we hear that word quickened again, and hath quickened us. So he loved us. He brought us to a point in time. Brought us in a point in time. Roger was talking about Nicodemus. You know, we have to be brought to that time that we're, we're born again. We're born again. He's taken away that old heart and given us a new heart. And he's given us Basically, at that point in time, he gives us that spiritual life. He gives us that spiritual life. Quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. You know, we're really, really thankful for the entire Bible, aren't we? Really thankful for that. You know, but there's there's little books in the Bible. There's chapters in the Bible that just mean so much to us. You know, I know Brother Leroy really likes Romans. We know he likes First John. I know Brother Roger likes Romans. Brother Roger likes Psalms a lot. But as we as we the three of us as we try to teach you about the things. 
We want to bring these things out to us. And we are those that believe in the free grace of God. And verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now I look at people that sit there and believe in the free will of man and not the free grace of God. It tells you very plainly, I don't care. A lot of people say the King James Version is hard to understand sometimes. I don't know how you could understand anything different, Brother Roger, when you see not of works. It's not of works. It's not of any effort on our part, lest any man should boast or glory. Isn't it amazing over all these years that God, when he laid a burden upon Paul, that he knew in the year 2022 what would be in the hearts of man. And in so many places that men like the praise, preachers, I'm sorry, preachers like the praise of man more than the glory of God. We know there's churches in this area. Why well, save so so many souls? It's not man that does the saving; it's God that does the saving. And that's what you need to realize and bring into our our lives that we can understand that. And in verse ten, you know, Paul he says, "Here he goes again." For we, for we are his workmanship. You know, Paul puts the 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 glory right where it is on God. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that what? We should walk in them. That's a, that's what I, I really grown to like about Ephesians as, as Paul, especially in these first three chapters, when he, he separates things. And then he, in, in, ver, in verse 11, we can see, wherefore remember that ye, you being in time past. Why does Paul say you? Because he said, what does he say? Being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. He's talking, he's talking to a different group of people. That you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Understand. It's the circumcision, the uncircumcision in the flesh made by hands. Our circumcision is what? Not of the flesh, but of the heart. Because in the regeneration, he takes away that old heart, that heart of stone, and he implants in us a heart of flesh that can now receive the things that be of the Spirit of God. And you know, this, this change in our heart he doesn't physically take our heart out and give us another heart. It's the same heart we always had, but he changes it spiritually. Isn't it awesome? When he does that and just helps us, because the old heart that we had was no good for us. It was no good. As like I said, the natural man receiveth not the things that be of the Spirit of God, 
See, we had a natural heart. Now we got a spiritual heart. And we can receive the things that are of the Spirit of God. We're not like the natural man. The things that be the Spirit are foolishness unto them. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's what we were. That's what we were. But praise be to God who's given us a new heart that we can understand the things that are written here. And he says, you know, if you don't understand, come unto me. Come unto me and ask. And I'm going to do it. You know, we were, when we were talking, what does he say? Ask and it shall be given you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. But we have to ask. Ask and he's going to take. Seek and ye shall find. For he that seeketh findeth. And it shall be opened unto you. And in verse 8, And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. All we got to do is ask, seek, and knock on that door. And you know what? Brother Leroy, Brother Roger, he's going to fill us up. The overflowing. The overflowing. I'm really thankful for Brother Roger for the time he got up here. And we need to pray one for another. That's what we need to do. It's something it doesn't cost you anything. You could say, well, it does cost me time. But in Ephesians, it says redeeming the time because the days are evil. These days are evil. We need to redeem the time. I'm thankful for Brother Leroy. Thankful for Brother Roger. I'm thankful that each and every one has come out to the house of the Lord today. And I thank you for your kind attention also.